I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 21. I ran out of time last week, and aren't you glad I just didn't keep on preaching? And I'm going to preach till I run out of time, and we'll unhook and come back again. That's one thing about it. When you get your sermons out of the Bible, you just pick up where you left off. And the Word of God is rich, and the Word of God is pure. Been preaching on what John saw, what God let this man see. How he saw through the Gospels and how he saw through those epistles. But I really enjoyed watching what God let John see in the book of the Revelation. Remember, he saw the book, God's divine plan. He saw God's person, the beloved. But we've been preaching on the bride, the church, how John saw the church, the body, the building, the bride of Christ, God's divine people, that he saved them, he sanctified them, and one day he will glorify them. And you think about the journey of a Christian from the depths of sin to the city of God. What a journey. And may I say tonight, there's only one that can take the sinner from the depths of sin to the city of God That's the Lord Jesus Christ, the first and the last, the beginning and the ending. Last Sunday we looked in chapter 4 and we saw the bride or the church raptured. Then we worked our way to chapter 19 and we saw the church or the bride returning. Returning with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he had on his name a vesture dipped in blood and it's called the Word of God. And to build on what Brother Green said about God's Word, somebody said, how much does God esteem His Word? Well, He not only esteemed His Word above His name, but He he loves the Word of God so much He named His Son that, the Word of God. And if you want to argue, you know, bring your lunch. But the Word of God in Revelation 19 is none other than the same one in John 1. And verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Bible is God's written Word and Jesus is God's living Word. The Bible is God's Word in ink, but Jesus is God's Word in blood. The Word was made flesh. And we saw the church raptured. We saw the church returning. Then I just mentioned this and time ran out. So I want you to come to Revelation chapter number 21. And we'll see the bride rejoicing. We'll see the bride reigning with the King of kings and Lord of lords. Chapter 4, the bride is raptured out, taken out of this world. Safe in heaven for seven long years from chapter 5 to chapter 18. When the great tribulation breaks out upon this earth. And by the way, what you're seeing unfold on your television screen. The atrocities, that's just a drop in the bucket to what this earth is going to go through. But I'm glad the Bible says we have been saved from wrath to come. And I'll go through tribulation and trials down here, but that great time of Jacob's trouble, the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy, praise God, I'm glad we're going to be gone. And after that it's over, Revelation 19, the heavens open and he's coming not for his saints but with his saints. 
And we're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm glad if you're saved today, your future is real bright. You say, how bright is my future? It is so bright that the sun can't even shine there. If you want a blessing, study how bright the sun is. But yet you're going to a city so bright the sun won't even be able to shine there. Because the one that sits upon that throne, the Lamb of God, is the light of the city. He's already been called the light of God, the light of the Jew, the light of the Gentile, the light of the world. But one day he will be called the light of the city of God. And in John chapter number 21, after the bride raptured, after the bride returns, the bride rejoices because the bride is now in heaven, the holy city. And I've been preaching for months trying to get to this one verse. Amen. Hallelujah. And last week we titled the sermon, Here Comes the Bride. Had a discouraged preacher, an old wore out preacher. And I'm headed that way myself. But uh, call me and said, man, I was so down Monday. And said the Holy Ghost kind of impressed me to tune into the harvest broadcast. And he said, you got to preach it. Here comes the bride. And he said, an 80-year-old man done three back backflips. I'm sure he exaggerated it because if an 80-year-old man does backflips, I want that on TikTok. Can I get an amen right there? But the message inspired him. Here comes the bride. And one day here comes God's church. I thought about entitling the sermon today. This is what heaven means to me. I thought about entitling the sermon. That sounds like home to me. I thought about entitling the sermon. What a beautiful day for the Lord to come again. I thought about entitling the sermon. When we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. And I thought about my buddy Squire Parson, who called it Beulah Land. I think I'm just going to call it home sweet home. Because if you're saved today, you got a home sweet home. This world is not my home. The great white throne judgment is not my home. The lake of fire, the bottomless pit is not my home. Heaven is my home. Abraham looked for a city. John saw the city, and one day the saved will live in the city. That sounds like home to me. Thank God I'm glad there's a heaven to gain. John chapter number 21, verse 1, and I, John, he said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Oh, I love this verse. You say, did God let John see anything? Look at this. And I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, 28 times you'll read that word in this book. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. They shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. 
And ladies and gentlemen, from the fall of man in Genesis 3 to Revelation 21, there's been a lot of tears. And God said one day he'd wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things, boy, that includes a lot. For the former things are passed away. Twice it talks about passed away. It's the Greek word which we get our English language from. Evaporated. Gone. Not even a memory. For the former things are evaporated. They have passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life. Freely, he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I, and I, and I will be his God. And he shall be my son. Come down to verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And showed me that great city, holy Jerusalem. Descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a great, and had a wall great and high, and at twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And on the east, three gates, and on the north, three gates, and on the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that taught with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the walls thereof. And the city lies four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured it with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. That's just simply 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long. Come on down to verse number 19. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. And boy, he names those great stones and how beautiful it was. Come down to verse number 21. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent as glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. 
And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. Neither, watch this, shall there, there shall be no night there. They shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Verse 27, there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever that worketh abomination or maketh a lie. And underline this little phrase, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. If you're saved, that's where you're going. And I'm glad for the glorious and blessed hope that we've got a home over there. And I'm glad John saw it. And God let him write about it. And God lets us read about it. And one day faith will end in sight. And will step inside of that city. Those that have their names written in the Lamb's book of life. And if you're here this morning and you have recognized you're a sinner. And you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Your name is in that book. And today, no matter who you are, what you've done, what you have not done, if you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, your name is not in that book. Can I remind you today, there are no Baptists in heaven. There are no Church of God in heaven. No Presbyterian, no Methodist, and about a thousand other names. You say, why is that? Because saved people go to heaven. That's the only people that'll be there. Saved people. I'm sure there's some saved Baptists. I'm sure there's some saved Methodists, some saved Church of God. I'm, I'm sure. But all of the saved get to go to that city. Because heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. And the only way you can get prepared, and that is to put your faith and trust in the Lamb of God and have your sins forgiven by the grace of God. John saw the holy city. He saw the new Jerusalem. He saw the eternal home of the saved. I mentioned this and time run out, so let me take just a few minutes and Go through each one of them. Number one, John saw the size of the city. How that it was four square to the perfection. Instead of getting caught up on the square feet and the 1,500 miles here and trying to figure what all of that is, just let me tell you what that means. 
Everything there is perfect. And nothing is out of sorts. Planet Earth has finally experienced a place of perfection since the garden was destroyed by the sins of man. Nearly everywhere you go, you'll find imperfection. Man, we spent all this money right before COVID and every wall in this place has been painted, all of this, and I was so proud about, man, having enough money to pay cash for nearly a half a million dollar project. I mean, it was. I was so proud. Man, this church never looked so good, all of that. I mean, it was so beautiful. And the first day, the first person I asked, how's it look? They said, that new pew hurts my back. I want to tear it up and make them eat it. But I'm sure there's an imperfection. I'm sure it is. We got in there one Sunday, the lights begin to flicker. And some of y'all thought y'all were stoned from Saturday night. I found this out. If you own an automobile, you own a house, own a building, or have a human body, something ain't working right. Something needs overhauling. Something needs repair. Because no matter how beautiful and expensive the edifice is, there is no perfection this side of the glory cloud. But oh, when we get to heaven, and walk inside of the city. Everything will be squared. Everything will be perfect. Everything will be in order. And there's no whiny Baptist is going to say, I see a speck of dirt on the golden street. No, ladies and gentlemen, when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. It was over for this world when it comes to absolute perfection. There's something wrong with everybody, every place, everywhere. But I'm glad when we step over on the other side of the sunny banks of sweet deliverance, we're going to a country where everything is perfect, everything is complete, and for the first time in our life, we will be as perfect as the place where we are living. Nothing out of place, nothing out of sorts. Thank God for the perfection of the city. Now see the size of the city. And then John talks about the sights of the city. He's taking them on tour. It's like a real estate agent, except this house has already been bought and paid for at Calvary. But it's like he says, come, let me take you by the hand and give you a little tour of the sights of the city. And I've never seen anybody show a house that bragged on the foundation. I've been some real estate people through the years, and I've never seen them say, boy, look at that foundation. In fact, how many of you bought a house because it looked good, but come to find out you got one of them creaky, reeky, stinky foundations. But the first thing he introduces us to Look at those foundations. They are founded on precious stones. 
You know what he is saying? This is an eternal home. This one will never be decayed. This one will never need repair because an edifice is only as strong as the foundation in which it rests. And by him talking about the 12 tribes of the Old Testament and the 12 apostles of the New Testament, Here's reminding us that this city is built on the eternal, everlasting covenant, grace, word of the living God. I'm glad this home will never, ever pass away. And then he talks about the walls. And then he talks about the gates. And then he talks about the street. That leads up to it. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the most real estate agents I, I've talked to brags about the light fixtures and the furniture and the doorknobs and the trim. But John is showing off the foundation and the walls and the gates and the road that goes up there to it. And I think the analogies that he uses, listen to what he said. Jasper, pearl, gold, clearest crystal. If he was from Alabama, John, I believe he'd say it like this. Y'all ain't never seen nothing like this. Y'all have never seen anything like this. The only thing I think I've been close to that one year, I let my family talk me into going to Biltmore. And when you realize how much they charge to get in, no wonder that place is nice. They ripped you and me off getting in there. I'm from the country. I've never seen such beauty in all my life. And I was walking through that Biltmore and I began to giggle and Julie said, what are you laughing at? I said, I remember Maze Jackson telling me the first time he went, they were showing him all around that beautiful mansion. That little guy said, Reverend Jackson, what do you think about this? He said, ma'am, I think it's, it's all right. But where I'm going, they won't use it for a ham house. Now, some of you old timers may know what a ham house. I'm going to guess it's where they hung the hams to dry. Then I began to think what Billy Kelly, during the Greer Camp meeting, we took some preachers up there from Florida, and they wanted to see the Biltmore. We were walking through there and this lady said, excuse me, are you a Reverend Kelly? Yes, ma'am. She said, come in here and look at this, sir. I want you to see this. This is a bathtub that goes back to Louis the 14th. He said, honey, that ain't nothing. If you come to my house, I'll show you a bedroom suit that goes back to Sears on the 15th if I don't pay for it. We see all of those mansions. We see all of the splendor. But John is saying the sights of the city. You wait till you see those walls of Jasper. You wait till you see those gates of pearl. You wait till you see the golden street. And when you see that river that flows through there, clear as a crystal, 
It's a perfect place. It's a sinless place. It's a holy place. A place where sin and defilement cannot enter. Ladies and gentlemen, aren't you glad because of Calvary and the cross, we have a place that we're going. It's not only perfect, it's not only beautiful, but it's the eternal city of the living God. The size of the city, the sights of the city. And then John records the sounds of the city. Now, if you've never lived in Metro Atlanta, and which all of us have, you really don't appreciate this. But most all of us have not had a night in our whole life, or especially since we've been in this area, that we've not been awakened or almost awakened by some kind of sound. A plane, a siren, your neighbor or your burglar alarm going off. I, I love when guests come by and they want to stay at our harvest house. It's right in front of the big intersection of South Main and Noah's Ark. And that train's about 40 feet. And it sounds like it's coming through the front. They're grabbing youngins and everything, going to the bomb shelter, thinking the end of time has come. Rarely can we that live in this area, Gus, go out at night to observe God's beautiful creation without hearing the sounds of sorrows, the sounds of sickness, the sounds of trouble all around us. I preached the other day in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. I thank only God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, me and Joseph and Brother Barry knows where Lawrenceburg, Tennessee is. And man, we, this pastor said the motels are full. We got a cabin for y'all to stay in in the middle of nowhere. Me and Barry and Brother Joseph, we went down this road, went down another road, went down this dirt road. And I mean, right, listen, I thought I'd been to Podunk. I have been to Podunk. This place would make Alabama look like San Francisco. Say amen right there. We was unloading our stuff, and, I'm t- and I said, Barry, Joe, stop. Don't make any noise. Listen to this. That was nothing. There was nothing. There were no planes. There were no trains. There were automobiles. And after 30 minutes of that, I was about to lose my mind. I said, Barry, go out there and blow the horn or something. There's too much silence around here. Make some noise. Honey, I want to tell you when John said I went to that city and I heard the sounds of the city. You know what sounds he heard? He didn't hear the sounds of soldiers' feet. He did not hear the sounds of war planes. He did not hear the sounds of... Can you imagine our brothers and sisters today that live on the border of Israel, all the pillage and all the trouble that they're hearing. Some of you men that fought in the wars that's gone by in our nation, you know what battle sounds like. You know what scream sounds like. And man, a lot of us have heard a lot of sounds in our life that bring back 
memories that we stood there and there was nothing but silence. John said, when I heard the sounds of that city, there were no sounds of bombs. There were no sounds of planes. There were no sounds of sirens. There were no sounds of hollering, screaming and crying. John said, here's the sound of the city. I heard them sing a song that no man had ever sing. And they sang praises to the Lamb of God. And he said the congregation liked it so much. Oh, you Baptists, you may not want to go there. He said the congregation liked it so much that they began to praise the Lord. They began to shout hallelujah. They began to sing worthy is the Lamb. And I'm here to tell you, I'm glad the sounds of that city. We won't ever hear the doctor say cancer. We won't ever hear the doctor say no hope. I'm glad the sounds of that city are the sounds of the saints of God rejoicing in the glory world, singing a song of praise and adoration of the Lamb. No screams, no cries of sin and sorrow. Thank God that sounds like home to me. He dealt with the size. He dealt with the sights. He dealt with the sound. Then in our text, he dealt with the saints of the city. Who gets to live in such a wonderful place? Those that have their citizenship there. Those whose names are written in the book. And I'm glad my name is in the book. Jesus washed my sins away one glorious morning. Saved my soul and made me whole. Forgave me of every stinking, rotten, low-down sin I'd ever committed. Justified me as though I'd never sinned the first time in my life. Holy Spirit came in, took up His abode and sealed me under the day of redemption. And now, ladies and gentlemen, heaven will be my home. I will be there because my name is written in the book. I don't care how much money you have or how much money you do not have, whether you live in a mansion on Lake Spivey, whether you live somewhere in a lean-to, whether you got money, whether you don't have money, what kind of car you drive, what kind of family you come from, your political affiliation, your social status. Oh, listen, ladies and gentlemen, the only thing that's going to matter when John saw the size of the city and the sights of the city and the sounds of the city and the saints of the city The only thing that really mattered is when they checked the record book. When they checked the record book. When they checked the record book. And those that had their name in this book, they got to go into the side of the city of God. Ladies and gentlemen, one day you'll stand before the great creator and he'll ask, what is your plea? What is your plea? And this is what we'll say. I come through the merits of Calvary. I come through the power of the cross. I come through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Check the record book and there is my name in that book. And beside of my name, it says paid in full by the blood of the Lamb. I'm glad I'm in that number. I'm glad my name is in the book. I'm glad because of the cross in Calvary. I'm going there by the grace of God. As he talked about the size of the city, the sounds of the city, the sights of the city, the saints of the city, and then he deals with the Savior of the city. He said, the Lamb's with them. 
The Lamb is the light of the city. God said, I will be with them. They're going to be with me. You say, Brother Joe, heaven. What makes it so special? The walls of jasper, the gates of pearl, the streets of gold. Kind of. But let me tell you what really makes it special. It's who I'm going to be with. I hear this a lot of time. Oh, Brother Joe, you have this awesome life. You just get to travel all over America, and you just get to travel and see all these beautiful sights. The next time I'm in an airport at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to call you and say, you want to join me? But God's been very good to me to let me see some wonderful sights. I love to go preach for somebody, and they'll say, want to show you the city. I live in one, thank you. I want to forget the first time I preached in San Francisco for Dr. Treber. This guy said, now, Brother Arthur, listen, Brother Arthur, you'll see some strange, strange things around here. I am not from the Waltons nor the Beverly Hillbillies. Can I get an amen? I said, son, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, been there, done that, seen that, and got the scars. Boy, they'll take me to see all kinds of beautiful sights. I, I remember one day the preacher said, do you want to go see the Dallas Stadium where the Cowboys play? I said, you mean the Dallas Criminals? And he took me on that football field, took me in the locker room, took me down on the field. I tried to kick a field goal. And I wasn't even no 300-pound madman running after me, and I still couldn't kick a field goal. Man, they've took me to restaurants. They've took me to sites. Man, I've, I've seen the mountains. I've seen the waterfall. I, and without exception, I'll be standing there in a crowd of people feeling as lonely in my heart. I mean, how in the world do you stand there and look at all of these beautiful sights around 30 or 40 people and feel as lonely as you can feel? Well, standing by my side is somebody I don't know and sometimes I don't even like. And I'll always say, boy, I wish Miss Arthur could be with me. Boy, I wish Miss Arthur could see this. I wish Miss Arthur could eat here. I wish, I wish Miss Arthur was standing there holding my hand. And I've seen some beautiful sights and I've had some wonderful meals and God's people have been very gracious to me, but as wonderful as it is and as beautiful as it is and as wonderful as somebody wants to see it, it's even more enjoyable when you're holding hands with your soulmate. Somebody you enjoy being with. Me and that little girl back there has spent many nights in one city and she's in the next. That's how you stay married a long time. Just don't go home and you can't fight if you're not there. And Just kidding. And We've said goodbye. We've kept the phone companies busy. I remember Doug and Catherine many years for Christmas. They would give me a calling card. Doug would say, here's a 500-minute calling card. Stay in touch with that girl, boy. And, and you know you talk a lot when your friends give you calling cards. These young people are like, one cent. That's right beside that phone booth and that pay phone and your yellow pages stuck in. 
Oh, we've said goodbye and we've, we've got to be together some and we've seen some beautiful sights. But I'm just telling you a lot of times, I'm looking at something everybody wants to see and they all salivating over it. But I'm lonely in my heart because my baby doll is not with me. Oh, but baby doll, we're going to a place. We're going to a place where an airplane cannot take us and a cruise ship cannot take us. And a rocket, because we ain't rode one of them yet. We may, me and old Musk may go up and look at the moon sometime. And we ain't been there yet, but honey doll, we're going to a place where the, hey, hey, we're going to a place where an airplane can't take us and a train can't take us and a cruise ship can't take us. And we won't need one of them calling cars nor cell phone, baby girl. We'll walk hand in hand together. Hallelujah. Down Golden Street Parade. Hallelujah Boulevard. And just when you think it's great, being with your husband, being with your wife, being with your soulmate, then all of a sudden walks up your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that died for you and bled for you and went through hell for you. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever Jesus is, that's going to be heaven. To be with Him who reigns forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. And in closing today, of all the things I watched him do, the Savior of the city, to the saints of the city, enjoying the sights and the sounds and the size of the city, was what I call the sweetness of the city. In fact, you could not only preach what's in heaven and shout, you can even preach on what's not in heaven. Brother Joe, I'm shouting about what's in heaven. I'm having me a time on what's not there. For the former things are... And there shall be no more. The land of no more. No more pain. No more sickness. No more death. No more crying. Then when I got to this point, I lost it. It said, not, not an angel. Not an angel. Not a prophet. Not a priest. Not a fellow citizen. But God himself. You better watch that term in the King James Bible. That's big. Himself. God himself. The Lord is coming himself. By himself, he purchased our salvation. Yeah. And God himself shall wipe away all tears. And God himself, I mean, how are you going to handle this? When God himself walks up there and says, I got you. We won't be doing that up here. There won't be no reason to cry here. Catherine, here's Doug. He's been waiting on you. Glory. Glory. He says, sir, excuse me. You ain't seen your son in a while. 
get them tears. Come on, let's have a reunion. Oh, don't cry, honey. We got that. Wipe all them tears away. You won't have to go to the hospital and look at him no more and just hold his hand and let him squeeze your hand. I'll let you talk to him. Like, won't y'all come to the supper table? Man. Earl, every time I went to see your daddy, he's always wanting to eat. In fact, they told me the night after we got through praying and singing, he arrived up and said, somebody go to the Waffle House and get me something to eat. That's a man after my own heart. But honey, I believe an old Garfield walked into the city that night. I don't believe he said, where's Bojangles? Where's the Waffle House? Oh, Garfield, we don't need that in this city. And I, this is what I'm looking forward to. No need to go on a diet. Let me ask you this in closing. How many has been on a diet your whole life? Admit it, you've been on a diet your whole life. And if you'd have kept up with it, you've lost over a thousand pounds in your lifetime. Oh, but ladies and gentlemen, we got to keep doing that because then people that write them books is going to go out of business. If we lose all that weight and keep it off, we won't be able to buy their book and get the new formula unless we do like her and starve ourselves to death. But listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Aren't you glad in heaven, in heaven, there'll be no crying, there'll be no tears. God's going to wipe the tears away for the former things are passed away. Whatever burdened you, whatever troubled you, Whatever made you cry, it's gone. I can't sing a lick, but I wished I could. I'd break out and sing a little bit. And here they come. Oh, what a thrill. Here they come marching up to Zion's hill. The victory's won as they bow before God's Son. The bride of Jesus is coming home. I like this verse. Here comes mom. Here comes dad. Oh, their faces look so glad as they march and they sing redemption song. Oh, what a smile upon their face as they sing amazing grace. They're in the bride of Christ and they are coming home. And here they come. Oh, what a thrill. Here they come marching up to Zion's hill. The victory's won as we bow before God's Son. The bride of Jesus is coming home. Old buddy Ann Willibrand, he's there today. And he'd say it like this. That sounds like home to me. Like where I want to be. There'll be no tears to dim these eyes again. Come on, Aaron. The hills will echo with the story. As we sing of its grace and glory, where the saints of God will be, that sounds like home to me. 
you know what I believe? I've tried to serve you the Sunday. I believe I've got the ice cream, the caramel, the chocolate. And I believe you even got a little whipped cream. But I believe what would just, it is Sunday. You're going to get that in a minute. It is Sunday. And I think what would just tip off the Sunday, when we all get a spoon and join in together, get Mama Roy down here, and let her sing a little bit of I firmly promise you. Because ladies and gentlemen, if you saved, you going. But if you're not, you can't go. And I don't know about you today, but I sure would hate to miss heaven for the world. I sure would hate to miss heaven because I was religious but lost. I sure would hate to miss heaven because the devil hoodwinked me into something. I sure would hate to miss heaven, but I'm not going to miss it. I was just a young preacher many years ago. I had a lot of fire, had a lot of zeal. I'm calm now. Tell them, honey, I'm calm now. You ought to saw me when I was a youngin', when I actually had some strength. I, they called me wild man. This old man come up to me and they said, well, I believe you're a good old boy. You might go to heaven if you don't run past it. I said, sir, I'm not going to run past nothing. Because when I get to them gates, my name will be there. And I won't have to steal a base or slide in. I can walk through. Because I'm with the Lamb who is the light of the city. Let's stand together. Sing a little bit.